Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual neurolinguistic programming and cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one session in both French or English, and also do group setting. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550. And our website can be found at lifecoachdanamzalike.com. Today, I'm very excited to have our sixth episode of season 15, a very special guest and author of An Alignment of Spirit, Finding Work You Love, Michelle Walters. And just like every of my past episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Michelle, the floor is yours. Hi, thank you. I'm thrilled to be joining you today. My name is Michelle Walters. I am in California. I'm a practicing executive coach and hypnotherapist. My book came out last year, An Alignment of Spirit, Finding Work You Love. And I would summarize it as sort of a law of attraction book for finding another job. I felt like people had written law of attraction books for love and houses and money, but who wrote one for work? And yet that was really kind of my life story over the last 20 years. So that's my book. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. And as you and I know, uh, Michelle, we see a lot of people, a lot of Americans that are just miserable in their jobs. They said that around now, 86% of Americans just dislike going to work. It's always the the case of the moon days, like on the movie uh, Office Space. Everyone is just doesn't want, they just want to go through the week to look forward for the weekend and then the cycle continues. So when it comes to finding love in the work, I mean, sometimes we, just like relationships, sometimes we have to kind of find the passion in our relationship that we have now. Uh, sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side. Does it apply for jobs as well? I would say it does. Uh, that being said, um, I think there's, I think the majority of people could turn up their happiness in their work life, either in their existing position or in a better fit position. And a huge amount of the way to make that happen is to really get in touch with your subconscious side and focus on the discovery of what that would be. um, And then align that with all of those physical steps you got to do to get a job, talking to people, sending out resumes, connecting, that kind of a thing, and making it happen. This came up for me because my before I worked as an executive coach and hypnotherapist, I was working in the field of digital marketing. Mm -hmm. Digital marketing may sound nothing like what I do now, but both are very creative, both are very persuasive, and both are very sort of fast moving and changing. And in the world that I worked in previously, my jobs would come, my jobs would go. Um, Companies, big companies don't always have long-term relationships with their supporting creative agencies and suppliers. And so it became very important for me to be really good at shifting gears. And now I'm not an email marketing specialist. Now I'm a website specialist. Now I'm a search specialist, whatever it might need to be. And so in the process of that, I could look at it 
an unhappy way and say, wow, I lost a lot of jobs. Or I could look at it the happy way and say, wow, I really figured out how to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's what I decided to focus my book on. Really a series of a practical guide to steps that job hunters can take to get them into the right place for a job. That being said, my my book is about getting a job because that's the focal point of it. But it's really broader than that because these practices and thinking patterns and reshaping means that I convey in an alignment of spirit really do apply to bringing happiness and joy in other parts of your life, whether that's relationships or money or a move or whatever someone might be might be looking for but like when you look for a job i mean when you send resume and you network etc it's it's not really what you know but it's who you know so again it depends on um who can refer you to someone else that may be a um you know like some like a head of a company or head of hr whatever it is so how do you change the what you know to who you know it's a matter of deciding to is a matter of deciding to and taking action on it. Just this morning, I opened up my LinkedIn, a prior colleague posted, he posted a very funny picture of an email he received from a company he applied to six years ago. Ouch. <laughs> the company that he applied to six years ago decided to tell him this week that he was not selected for the job. I think this is a big but excellent example of why sending out resumes on the internet just doesn't work. No. And it's a matter of finding your finding your courage, finding your value and reaching out, talking to people, not hiding behind a digital screen, really putting forth your value in order to make that match. Because you're not going to make that match or you might be waiting six years for the you didn't get an email. Well, and that's just, I don't think that's how people should be living their lives. Life's too short to be spinning like that. Absolutely. So do, do you have any creative way for those who actually are job hunters especially now in this digital era that we live in, and especially after the big uh, the pandemic that we had, where people were working from home, people were searching job from home, so they could not go into network events just like they used to before in the past. So do you think that had a long-term effect on how people are looking for work now because of this uh, virtual networking event that people attend now? Well, it's... April 2023, as we record this, and I am preferring to hope that we are moving out of the pandemic and that many of our prior practices are coming back to life. During the pandemic, I think that this skill set was even more important. And I think that it did reframe a lot of the way we make connections, both professional and personal connections, to needing to reach out to people by reaching out to people, like one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one kind of thing. And that's not to say I don't understand the scale of podcasts and the scale of YouTube and that kind of a thing. But when it comes to developing an intimate or tight relationship, those relationships, I feel, are generally best grown by calling somebody up, arranging a 
a video call, really getting to know people and what it is that that is missing in their profession, in their life, in their heart, and finding out if there's a match on on the other end. You know, there's millions and millions of Americans, let alone people all over the world out there. And some of us are good matches and some of us aren't. A large number of the activities that I incorporate in my book are really helping to people go in, helping people to go inside and find what it is that really lights them up mm-hmm. so that they can surface that. Because I believe that as you surface that, you attract those people, you attract those opportunities. People remember, oh, I heard such and such said they were growing. Maybe I could make a referral over there. Mm-hmm. And and that style of networking is, I think, what has become the most effective for people in in a number of ways, whether you're looking for work or looking for something else. But now I also, during the pandemic, Michelle, we have seen a massive uh, switch mm-hmm. in terms of um, people with a great resignation. Mm-hmm. We, we see that more and more are just not really putting so much energy or effort into keeping their job. They feel that, you know what, I, I no longer want to spend 80, 90 hours of my life to be able to dedicate myself with this employer when they don't really value me. They don't really are, they're not grateful for my presence. They're not really making me participate or challenging me in any shape or form. And the great resignation made a lot of people just leave their job. Now, do you think that it came back where now people are going back and seeking their job because they realize, oh, well, I ran out of money now. What do I do? I <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the great resignation was an important shift. Okay. Personally, I feel like there are an awful lot of employers out there um, who haven't figured it out in terms of showing their employees um, the opportunities that they could have, making them feel loved at work, paying them well providing uh, growth opportunities or for their education. And I think that part of what has happened with the great resignations is it's been a little bit of a wake-up call for a lot of employers to realize that the offers that they've been putting on the table might not be what's in sync with today's workforce. Mm -hmm. That being said, I don't think employers have really uh, up to the game perfectly yet. Um, and I think that a large number of people were emboldened, um, maybe by some of those, let's help you out during the pandemic because you used to work in a hotel and now you need some money kind of, mm-hmm. you know, government help um, to explore themselves a little bit more, to think about working part-time instead of full-time, um, to to want more from their work and I don't think that's going to change. I think that's that's going to be with us for a long time. You know, there are some almost disturbing um, statistics of particularly women who have felt, I think, crushed in the pandemic, trying to raise kids, hold down a job, keep the house clean when now all feet are in the house all day. Yes. Um, and really seeking something different, seeking something bigger, better, more fulfilling 
something that will make their time here on earth, which at the end of the day is pretty short, yes. uh, more worthwhile and fulfilling. And so I, I, while the, the headlines on the great resignation have started to fade, I don't think the shifts that started, um, have, have worked their way through yet or completed. I think that Americans are going to be looking for more for a long time. So now I think they, they changed to the great awakening after the resignation part. <laughs> so I think now uh, people are just kind of like realizing that, as you mentioned before, Michelle, time is short and it is time to be able to enjoy the life that they live because especially that during the pandemic, they saw the loved one, some of them pass away, some of them not being there to be able to support them in any shape or form, uh, others getting sick for like two, three, four months, whatever it is. So they say, you know what? Is life really just about work? Mm -hmm. I've just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, dedicating our, our life, our, our livelihood for an employer that we just get them to enrich themselves. And we just are where we are right now until we retire. So now do you, what do you see in the future of people's mentality or mindset when it comes to dedicating themselves to be able to find a job that they really love versus enjoying life? I think I think most people are doing more on this front than they did a few years ago. I like the term a great awakening. That makes perfect sense to me because people are realizing life is short and they got to do things differently. And, and that might mean, you know, less money in the bank. That might mean more time playing board games with your friends as opposed to out to expensive concerts or fancy, fancy trips. We know, and I'm sure you're a total expert at this, that uh -huh. what what makes people happy is more on the experience side of life than on the material side of life. And that at the end of the day, all the research shows that it's your relationships that make people on their deathbeds feel like they spent their time well. And so when it comes to work, I think that figuring out how work can serve you as an individual in your best way and being open to realizing that that you may think differently about it now. You may want to go there in terms of thinking about this. This might be the time to consider a big leap or an upskill or something like that um, because life's short and Work should be here to support us. I do feel like a lot of us don't realize, but you know, you spend way too much time at work to not feel like work lifts your spirit in some way. And and yet so many people have have compromised on that and continue to compromise on that. I think we as people need to demand from our work, from our employers, from our friends, that we have the right to be happy at work. And I don't mean that every second at work is great. I mean, I personally, I, you know, I, I thank God for accountants every day. Like that's not me. Um, but <clears throat> we deserve to be able to have more and it's the right thing for people to be doing so. And, you know, I, I see also there's a, a, the great tiny movement or the tiny home movement where people no longer want to be stuck in the slavery mentality 
to be able to have to owe money to the banks, to owe money to the utility company. They prefer living small, living where they could enjoy. As you said, it's more about experiences, Michelle. It's no longer about asset collection or material or anything like that. Because you know what? When we die, we don't bring anything with us. Exactly. <laughs> so what is the point of having $100 million in your bank account to do what with it? You're not going to bring it with you. So enjoy it. Appreciate it. Even if you have $0 in the bank account by the time that you're in your deathbed, that's fine. If you have kids, let them go on their own. Let them let them gain their own wealth, whatever that is. So if you did it on your own, you don't need to be able to having to do it for everybody else. So the, the mindset you have to kind of think about, what can I do to be able to make myself happy and make my environment happy? That is like my kids, my wife, et cetera. And experiences is what, and relationship, as you mentioned, is what's going to make it happen. So I think detaching yourself from the slavery mentality that the government has put us into or the the other corporation, because that's all they want. They're puppeteers and they just want puppets. I think it's really important also that people keep an open mind and listen to other people. So many years ago, I was married to a wonderful man named Bruce. Bruce was born with cystic fibrosis. When Bruce was a teenager, he realized that there was pretty much no one with that disease over the age of 25, even alive. He was fortunate that he lived long enough to get a lung transplant and he wound up making it into his late forties or early fifties, which was pretty amazing for him. But when Bruce died, there was no retirement. Bruce never saved a penny for retirement because he didn't expect to live that long. And it's, I think a helpful frame that I'm not trying to tell people don't save for retirement, but realize you don't know what's ahead. You do know you have the present. And so spend a little bit more time focused on the now, as opposed to fretting obsessively about the future. It's, it's influenceable, but the future is not controllable. That's right. It's like the the book from the famous author Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. He Mm -hmm teaches people how to be mindful, living in the moment and not always worrying about what could happen into the future and or being stuck into a past that already happened. And the thing is, is that we see a lot more people that just are so into, oh, well, this happened to me three years ago and they could not get unstuck from that specific. So like, for example, if someone gets fired from their job that they love, you know, like, uh, <laughs> do they, will they, Will they be reluctant to be able to find another job thinking that, oh, well, I'm never going to find a job that I love as much as I did before. So that stops them from growing, from becoming more open-minded about doing something maybe different. Maybe go on your own, do something, be an entrepreneur, do something that you will grow for yourself and your family and not for an employer. So again, you know, but people are just too afraid. They fear their own shadow. Yes. in this mindset, Michelle, how can we teach people to be able to learn to take risk, to be able to, you know what, if you don't do it now, you're not going to do it when you're six. Okay. Well, and that's, that's, I think where a lot of my work in hypnotism and executive coaching comes in for people. So I have a significant portion of my practice that comes in for help with anxiety. Mm. And that might be releasing trauma associated with who knows what, um, but there's certainly trauma to being fired or let go or, 
or continually unreemployed kind of thing that that as a society we don't have a whole load of mechanisms to help people with and so that's one of the the ways that I help people with hypnosis I also help people with executive coaching because that style of working with people is really helping people to ask more questions, helping people to be more open-minded, helping people to discover inner strengths that they can put into play to find themselves moving in the right direction. And, you know, my little efforts in this help people from here and there, but I do believe that the work I'm doing really does help people to clear what's in the past and open what's in the present and the future for transformations, for more happiness, Mm -hmm. for changing of your perspective. Like you said, you know, do we all need a 2,500 square foot house? Not everyone does really. And, and with that shift, I see America as going through a shift to recognizing that it ain't all about stuff and it is more about spirit mm-hmm. and per, and as you say happiness definitely and also you know when it comes to coaching i mean executive coaching with like yeah, with my uh, clients and all they're, they're limiting beliefs it's it, this is really a major major component on making them like realize that we all have strength and weaknesses and sometimes those weaknesses also called those limiting beliefs uh, creates more cons than pros because we we need to learn from our weaknesses so we could actually become better because there's nothing really much to learn about our pros because we're or our strength because we're already strong on it so you know those weaknesses are there for us to be able to tweak the way that we do things so we could do them better and learn from it but and this is why the acronym fail f-a-i-l stands for first attempt in learning and a lot oh, I love it. <laughs> and a lot of people are too afraid to fail. So they're too afraid to learn. Because the word of fail, which is the first attempt, people are just too afraid because they're afraid of the unknown. The unknown is what stops them from moving forward and they stay backward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and comfort, you know, I think people get to feeling comfortable where they are. And feeling very unsure about how to move forward. I recently had a client who came to see me and he's been working at the same company in similar roles for over 20 years, which is kind of unfathomable to me because my career was so very different. And I, I suggested that if he wanted to grow, he might need to do something uncomfortable. And his first, his first thought was, oh, well, I could uh, tell my wife I'm taking the guitar, making a band and go on the road. And I was like, well, you could, (laughs) or you could go to an open mic, you know, over here and, and try, try something on Saturday night. Like you don't have to risk your whole life. You, but, but if you don't learn to take steps that are on the edge or just outside of your comfort zone, you don't grow. Mm -hmm. And and there are people who I think are happy without any growth. But as you said, this is the great awakening. Many people are realizing that I want to see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact of, I mean, now now that we look at this great awakening, as we mentioned, 
now we see like more and more people not really putting so much effort about um gaining wealth because for them it just is just like a paper and now with digital currency it's not really as important to be able to just accumulate cash or whatever it is because everything is going to eventually disappear but then that also means that there's more control of what is being spent because now if it's something digital the government can actually track all that so people are just realizing that we're no longer going to listen to this entity that just are poisoning us just like the big pharma poisoning us with uh, chemicals in our body i mean some people say that this this pandemic was all controlled but then again there's a lot of conspiracy behind it but you know we're not going to get into that because then we're going to get into a complete different uh, format of the podcast but just to say that we just need to continue on living for who we are as humans and not living for someone else which may be an employer or which may be the government or may be whatever it is so people have to start making decisions for their own lives mm-hmm. and and recognizing that there's there's been so much change and with that change comes comes fear it comes uncertainty but there also come new opportunities mm-hmm. you know so many people found themselves learning to do their job on zoom over the over the pandemic who right. could have never imagined that that would be a functional way to work mm-hmm. you know i mean as you begin to think and now we've got ai coming out oh, you know well, it's it's a pro and a con right it's going to create new apps new opportunities and it's going to make certain practices obsolete who who knows mm-hmm. but we have so much in motion right now that it is a wonderful time for people to be able to take stock, let go of what no longer serves and figure out what is serving and what do they want to serve over the, the, this part of their lives, this part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And I love helping people to do that. <laughs> yes, definitely. So in your book, um, what would be just for, to give a little taste to the listeners, what would be the, the three most important points that will teach people how to find the job they love? So I break down the process of getting a job into four steps of manifesting. First, you need to release whatever is there and doesn't serve you. Maybe it's bad memories of your last job that you don't want to resurface. And next, you need to visualize where that's going to be. You need to get crystal clear on how that's going to happen. The third step is to be thankful. And this sounds a little wonky, but you need to figure out how to be thankful for something that may not be in your pocket yet. Mm -hmm. And while that sounds to a lot of people like total nonsense and unachievable, it is part of the magic that makes it happen. The last step I talk about is how to receive. There are people who are good receivers and there are people who don't understand, wait, this guy's offering me an introduction to someone I want to talk to. This, this opportunity is a real opportunity. Um, I should take a risk and try a new field. Um, so those are really the four steps that I lay out and I explain why, and I have lots of exercises about how, because that's where a lot of people get stuck, but that's kind of how, I look at getting a job. And while that might not sound like, have you updated your LinkedIn? Have you sent out your resume to 20 people this week? 
both aspects of job hunting are important. Absolutely. And actually, there's a, I read a, a book about the, is the eye of the brain. It's called the pineal gland. And, you know, when you go and you actually meditate or you vision or you envision your future and all that, you activate this gland. And that in itself opens up opportunities that people may never really know it existed. And this is through, you know, like uh, manifestation. It is through like meditation, opening a portal. And this portal is basically the universe that's telling you, hey, tell me what you want. Be clear in what you want. Be specific. Be detailed. And just put it out into the universe and let me try to figure out how to make it happen. So it opens up to spirituality, opens up to a lot of different uh, portals. But if people know how to activate the pineal gland, they're going to be able to see a lot of changes. So that's something that, you know, it's also taught in different um in different courses, either on the YouTube, whatever it is, but it's really a very important factor when people have to really understand the physiological aspect of what's going on in the brain when you actually are doing manifestation or visionary, whatever is going to come into your future. But uh, so where can people find your book, Michelle, before we conclude the podcast? My book is available at all major resellers. If you ask to order it, it's also available on Amazon. Beautiful. Well, Michelle, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. We thank you so you much. All, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 15 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories just like the one that you listen to today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Finding a job you love is not just about finding a way to pay the bills or climbing the corporate ladder. It's about creating a fulfilling and meaningful life for yourself. When you're passionate about what you work, you become more invested in it and strive to improve, which makes you more productive and effective in your job. But productivity is not the only benefit of loving your work. When you do something you love, we're more likely to be happy and fulfilled, which can have a positive impact on all areas of your life. You will have more energy and enthusiasm for pursuing your interests, spending time with loved ones, and engaging in hobbies and other activities that make life meaningful. So don't settle for a job that doesn't inspire you. Keep searching until you find something that makes sense to you and that you're excited to get out of bed in the morning. When you do, you'll find that your work becomes less of a chore and more of a joy. And that joy will carry you through the ups and downs of your career for the long term. Remember, Life is too short or to spend it doing something you don't love. Pursue your passion and you'll find that success and happiness will follow. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalag and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.